Good morning, vendors and non-vendors alike, and welcome to the Republic City Dispatch, a radio program that covered the entirety of Nickelodeon's Legend of Korra series. This week, we return for Book 3, Change. Open spirit portals means a new air nation, and airbending for Zaheer, leader of the anarchist Red Lotus, who plan to end kings, nations, and attack and dethrone the Avatar. Changes abound, so let's check in with our constant hosts, Matt, Dave, Devendra, and Joanne. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Republic. City Dispatch, covering the show The Legend of Korra, which is totally taking our minds off reality, has absolutely nothing to do with nothing what's going all. on in the world today. It's just nope. pure spectacle entertainment fluff. We love this show. Um, by golly, we're back to talk about book three. And um, yeah, nothing on my mind, nothing else. I'm just purely zoned in right on The Legend of Korra with, with my fellow co-hosts like Davindra Hardawar. Hello, how's it going? I'm, I'm, I'm trying, man. I'm, I'm very tired. To... I'm very tired right now, so I something, am... <laughs> something about this week, something about this month, something about this year. I don't know what it is. Um, it's, uh, it's not good. Not good, Bob. What about you, Joanna Robinson? Oh, hi. My state's on fire. I'm fine. Oh, boy. Jeez. <laughs> Combustion bending. It's really not... Yeah. It's not for kids. Um, no. I don't want to make light of that situation. It's very mm-hmm. horrible, and uh, I feel for everybody who's being affected by it, but... I mean, it's about fire, and fire's part of this show, so I couldn't not oh, go wow. there. Um, wow. We're really, you know, your You're so this heartless. Is, this is connecting wow. this podcast to this moment in time, just like our old episodes, <laughs> which I can't imagine what that was like four or five years ago. Um, speaking of people who were around four or five years ago, Dave Gonzalez. Hey, Dave, water for arms, Gonzalez. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Dave, are you wearing a Breath of the Wild hoodie on this podcast? People at home cannot see it, but... Yes, excellent podcast content. I am wearing a Breath of Talk the Wild. Talk about Korra Linked out. Yeah. yeah Give us a Korra game like that or an Avatar game oh. like with that open world. Come on. Yeah, I just want to be flying around on Oogie yeah. and going to different parts of the map. So much. This is a um, episode of Republic City Dispatch now because Devendra has recommended another project. Yes. <laughs> well, not for <laughs> us. That one is just for right, somebody, somebody to make it, please. I don't think we can podcast Korra games enough. I'll try. Uh, <laughs> as mentioned, yeah, we are talking about book three. So as we do on every episode, let's recap book three. Dave, what the heck happened? <clears throat> All right. Um, turns out keeping the spirit portals open has some consequences. As two weeks after harmonic convergence, the humans of Republic City and President Raiko are mad at Korra as spirit wilds leak into urban centers. The world is changing with new airbenders cropping up in all four nations, and Korra decides she'll help Tenzin establish a new air nation. One of the new airbenders is Zaheer, leader of the Red Lotus, a group that wants to bring balance to the world by ending nation-states and the Avatar cycle, but first he needs to break his team out over several episodes. The first recruits the new Aryan nation are hesitant, but their travels bring them eventually to Ba Sing Se, where we learn the Earth Queen is mean and conscripting airbenders. <laughs> Mako and Bolin meet their family, and Team Avatar rescues the captive airbenders, angering the Earth Queen. Tenzin and the airbenders go to the Northern Air Temple, where Tenzin still isn't a great teacher, and Jainoranda Air Bender named Kai foil a sky bison rustling plot. Korra meets the Beifongs, Lin's sister, fa- 
Lin's sister's family of mostly metal benders, including Opal, a new airbender. Suyin, Lin's sister, doesn't get along with Lin. Then they find a way to get along. Then Korra learns how to metal bend when Balin can't. Then they're betrayed by a former circus employee, Suyin trusted, and Zahira almost gets away with the Avatar. Mako, Asami, Balin, and Korra end up at a motel where Korra gets an exposition dump from Zahira in the spirit world. Zahira kills the Earth Queen and takes the Northern Air Temple while Korra's in the desert. And then he wants Korra in exchange for the lives of the Air Nation. Korra makes the trade, but is tricked by old water for arms Gab. And Korra makes the trade, but is tricked by the old water for arms gambit and almost takes Zaheer down when Lin and Su Yin make Zaheer's companion blow up her own head. This untethered Zaheer from earthly connections and he can fly now. The Red Lotus puts poison in Korra, meaning to kill her in the Avatar state, ending the line, but misestimates how powerful the Avatar state is. A poisoned Korra fights Zaheer, who almost wins, but is taken down by a Janora-led vortex. Suyin metal bends the poison out of Korra, but the Avatar is still weak two weeks later when she attends Janora's arrow tattoo ceremony, and the new airbenders pledge to roam the world, seeking balance in the name of the Avatar. Take that, Game of Thrones! Come on! Yeah. Plea! <laughs> R.I.P. Tenzin, who died this season. Mm. Yes, that's <laughs> Really, it looks like they were going to kill him. Yes. Like, even rewatching really this, does. I'm like, how did he live? <laughs> how did Tenzin live? Tenzin that died. Was, that, that was my prediction. All Like, if you go back mm-hmm. and listen to Probably City Dispatch, I was just like, People still convinced. tweet at us being like, is Tenzin going to die? Like, that Hashtag was our big Tenzin thing. Lives. Tenzin should have died. Yeah, Tenzin, Tenzin yeah. lives. Tenzin shouldn't have died. He needed. He's on a redemption arc, too. That, that new moment at the end, I mean, not to jump to the very end, but like, <laughs> so beautiful, so beautiful. Bringing the Air Nation back, everything about bringing the Air Nation back in this season rewatch um, just touched my heart in a way that I wasn't expecting or I didn't, it didn't really hit me. Um, everything about bringing the Air Nation back? Everything. You know, I, I, wi- so let's, I wish they had like... We could talk about Bison episode. Oh, man. I do kind of wish that they dove into why certain people got the airbending rather than just like randomly because then yeah you spread that power out and then all of a sudden somebody like Zaheer gets it and whoopsie okay I'm just talking about the world's in danger the notion of bringing the air nation like something that had been lost now found that's beautiful and like them making wind at the end during the Phantom Menace uh, esque ending to the season (laughs) Um, it's great I I still love the the chibi Korra crew flying around trying to get people to join because uh, they're so bad at it it's hilarious where where should we start with book three (laughs) jail Um, breaks jail breaks yeah a lot of jail breaks breaks. there are a lot of great jail breaks (laughs) There are. I love like how fun, like such a good, smart, strong way for the season to mm-hmm. start with like these creative jails, these like this oh, great man. crew. I love the Red Lotus, fantastic uh, assemblage of, you know, you get Return of Combustion Bender, you've got Water <laughs> for Arms, you've got like Zahir being like, surprise, bitch, I airbend now. It's so good. I it's just. So good. I love it. And I like, completely forgot about these jails, by the way. You know, so as they were being revealed, I was like, oh, this, this is, they know so what they're cool. doing. They know their franchise and their powers. I love the, love the freaking boat prison. Yes. 
It's so cool. <laughs> but like, you know, one of my biggest uh, issues with season book two was like the introduction of the villain and mm-hmm. like how weak I felt that villain was. And I think Red Lotus is just uh, there's a great villain in season book four and we'll get to that. But like, I think Red Lotus is just like and yeah. here specifically is just like the best of the best when it comes. to he, He's a cult leader, but a very charismatic cult leader. And like he's the sort of person you can imagine somebody just like listening, like listening to him talk in a coffee shop and all of a sudden you're following this guy and you're shaving your head and you're fighting against nation states you know just happens super quickly i mean even now i have a tough time being like (laughs) is he a cult leader like certainly towards the end the way he's taught that romantic scene with i believe we pronounce it plea uh, Plea. Plea. Hmm. um like when he's professing his love and she's saying thank you for helping me over this over the years and like helping me see the light also also by the way a cultish ring to it but like short guy short guy with the tall girl i was you left to see it too. yeah it's a great shot guys yeah it's a it's she's so tall and he's so short but they love each other it's the, the, the shot they could never get in man from uncle with uh with great elizabeth dubecky you know oh, come on yeah. let people let tall people be tall uh really overcoming a stigma there um but yeah I, I mean maybe we need to just talk about all the villains here and we'll talk more about the prisons because i think that's fascinating mm-hmm. um Zahir, he's at the heart of the season. This is like the Joker season. This is like the Dark Knight or something, right? Like, except he's Zaheer not about Zahir's chaos, not even right? in it that much. Mm-hmm. Is it not about chaos? It's about anarchy. It's about well, like it's not having leaders. It it's about just disrupting every but he system, has a plan, even the good right? guys. Right? He he is the same as Joker philosophically, but temperamentally or like the way he goes about it is completely the opposite because it's like we have a plan we know what we're doing right it's very focused it's very methodical in a way that's kind of scary right he's Isn't deconstructing joker, something mm-hmm. rather than is, blowing it up do we feel like the joker is meant to be um the like dark mirror of batman mm-hmm. or is there another villain that's supposed to serve that then i don't really feel i feel like that's a season four uh, Right, villain right. thing, and and like Zakir is not really a mirror of Korra in any way, so I would hesitate. Well, to call him I Joker. don't know if that's true because I think I mean he's a mirror of the Avatar as a mm-hmm. notion, a, uh, a hero to preserve the status quo, to keep the nations propped up and united and together. And here's someone who wants to completely deconstruct it. I mean, he's well, certainly it's, it's, he's certainly the mm-hmm. uh, the foil to the wet, white lotus, literally. Like it almost feels like a foil. Well, like the whole Red Lotus group feels like you take the original Avatar crew and you flip them. You know, yeah. you, you give us their dark mirror versions in ways and where they're they're the way they want to save the world worked out. But these people maybe had different goals and the way they're going about it is not as nice as the Avatar crew we love. But to me, that's the mirror. Yeah. I like that at the end of season two, there was sort of this question about uh like what place does do humans play mm-hmm. in like the greater balance between good and bad and i think sahir is a really smart villain to follow that particularly up on because it allow it, he basically says like we're going to return to the way of nature which is the way of chaos and his argument isn't so much that they need an anti-avatar right. uh they retcon in you know that he and unalak knew each other as like <laughs> kids and Unalak had to like break off. That's and, the weirdest you know, part merge of the whole with Vatu. Like, oh, they're all connected. They're all <laughs> school. But it comes buddies. back it's really well in book four. We can talk about that. True. Later. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but then the the idea, sort of, that you know maybe we shouldn't be inserting ourselves, and that these systems that we make 
are ultimately evil is I think mm-hmm. a good culmination of the previous two books, like the conclusions that we had after that, which is like all of those <laughs> villains had good points up until like the weird genocidal part of them like came out. Right. The ki- the, the killmonger effect. Like it's, <laughs> it's, uh, I've been thinking about, you know, the, the parade of villains in book four or, or, or in Korra versus avatar. You have, Fire Lord Ozai is like the big bad throughout the whole thing. You've got Zhao and you've got like, Mm -hmm. I guess kind of, you've got like mini bosses, but like he's the big boss the whole time. And his intent is like what world domination. And you're like, and you're like, that's not that interesting. Right. But the fact that like Zaheer, we'll talk about the book four villain when we get to book four, (laughs) um, you know, that they're up against, genuine corruption in the government like this earth queen is mm-hmm. terrible and when he kills her you're like well yeah yeah i think that's the, the scariest that's the scariest <laughs> so, scene she ate the bear maybe in the, <laughs> she hates Bosco. maybe that's the scariest scene in the whole franchise and all that of whole Avatar. sequence too because like they go they go through the lower rungs of the earth nation right and it's like it stinks here because it stinks of inequality, folks. Yeah. And they're, it's like them coming to terms with that. So when the... People are cheering after yeah. he kills the queen. Yep. yep. After they it's very the complicated. It's, uh, to me, what I love about Korra is that the villains are all rooted in belief and not just like, yeah. I want to rule the world. It's mm-hmm. more like, this is what I believe. And, you know, I may have to kill you if you don't believe it, but I believe I'm making the world a better place. And those are always more interesting villains, right? Right. I mean, this is a can of worms, and maybe Dave yeah. will have something to say here to save me from myself. But um, here we go. I mean, <laughs> watching Zaheer for five years ago and watching it now felt pretty different to me. Um, mm-hmm. I think five years ago it felt really like provocative. Oh, here's someone who makes a lot of sense, um, and ultimately your ideas intrigue me. I'd like to subscribe ul- to your newsletter. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, tell me more. I'll I'll, I'll get your RSS feed. Um, mm-hmm. And and he crosses the line like several times. I mean, is it he's in jail for trying to kidnap Cora, right? Yes. As a kid. Yes. As a yes. kid. Yes. Like, As he's a like, kid. I'm gonna kill a kid to do what is right in this world. And uh <laughs> Was that his intention when she was a kid? I thought they well, wanted to like train her. They wanted to train her. They wanted to train her. and that's and that's how we get the Unalak backstory. Mm-hmm. By the way, do we ever learn how Zaheer is just like the world's other best airbender? Like, is it just reading? Is he just a super nerd who read all the well, texts? What's interesting is I've, I've been... Wa- <sighs> Sorry, it's my yeah. turn to be on brand. I'm going to bring up TikTok. I watched a really interesting <laughs> TikTok of that someone was analyzing <laughs> Zaheer's... Like, the battle between Zaheer and Tenzin. Uh-huh. How many like, TikToks does this take, Joanna? Like, uh, <laughs> they can be longer. Know, than, they're not vines. Okay. TikToks are I, long. I have an endless appetite for Avatar and Korra TikToks, but like mm-hmm. Zaheer is fighting, like he's powerful, but he's just untrained and erratic. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And so he's like, he'll, um, and and he's just got that recklessness that he's makes him, like mashing. gives him an invention. Yeah, exactly. Tenzin so has combos. And yeah, he'll he like he'll go up a wall and it'll just take him like ten leaps and ten sure, and will sure. just sort of like helicopter up the same right, wall right, without right. having to like stop uh, on a roof here and there. And um, I just thought I thought that was kind of fascinating because yeah, I, I too I was like, all right, Mary Sue, why can you uh, why can you air bend so quickly? Um, I, I think he, it's. If to me it feels like he is reading the text, like who is it? Uh, who's the the ancient? Oh, I don't know. Airbender, the, name of the ancient keeps... Airbender. Oh, Guru Lahima. Yeah. So he's he's just in like 
if you were in a mountain prison, what would you do? Is just read these texts, you know, over and over and over again. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So read I think the what happened manifesto is over and, yes. over and over. He was yes. he was like working with like his team, mm-hmm. right? And the person you're always scared of in a gang is the one that like doesn't have powers right, because right. like what did they do to get on that team? <laughs> so not only does he have to be the most vicious of his team, but he's also constantly studying airbending because mm-hmm. he's like, this is the gap in our team. Yeah. Like I need to Through be the super power of will. I'm going to make this happen. And hey, exactly. Believe in it. Will happen. if I don't know how. I would like maybe I'll learn how to like counter it or something or like mm-hmm. I'll study it to like fill this gap in the team and then yes he knows the secret portal gives that's him his, yeah. his uh, power it's, it yeah, is yeah, the yeah. secret <laughs> he was right like all his all his training and reading paid off because he's like this is my moment just believe just believe but I, I will say Joanna like um to argue with the TikTok theory I guess uh, I don't right, I, <laughs> ooh, the tone, I don't think the tone, the spicy no it's tone. just it's just one TikTok I don't know but um. I don't think he's undisciplined at all. He is incredibly disciplined. Like that's what's amazing to me is this guy who, you know, didn't have this airbending stuff and read about it and researched it. Like he, when he leaps off that mountain, he knows what he's doing, right? He's no, like, I I'm just, in command of these powers. Although he yeah. does have an advantage. I just mean relative to Tenzin. Yeah. He has an advantage. Sure, right. sure. He has an advantage against everyone else in the world because no one mm-hmm. has fought an airbender. Yes. When he's facing against Tenzin, yes. he's getting his ass whooped. Yes, because, exactly. Oh, here's someone who actually knows how to do this and anticipates my airbending moves. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I guess, I guess to go back, uh, my thinking here with Zaheer, it's like, what does this character play differently in 2020 at all with everything going on with everything we're talking about with corruption in this world with the with the the protests or at least the 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 conversations we're having about dismantling things like does he here make more sense is it more frightening because Mm -hmm. the line he crosses like we can go further with him than maybe we did five years ago and i mean we ran a piece on polygon that even wonders aloud um and i thought it was provocative i'm not necessarily agreeing with it but like when when he kills the the earth queen it's like is it bad is it still bad is that what makes him the villain Mm -hmm. of this season because again she is bad she is enslaving people tying Mm -hmm. them up in her basement eating bears and no one people are cheering when she's dead i mean is it bad is it bad and we also haven't seen how the rest of the world has kind of responded to her because i feel like everybody knows she's bad but what is you know republic city doing what are the other leaders in the world doing like are they sanctioning her are they doing anything to stop this and nobody is so here's a guy who's like i'm just gonna do the simplest thing like literal occam's airbending razor i guess yeah (laughs) um i've been radicalized since Mm. we last uh did the podcast years ago (laughs) oh i thought Uh, you said since like two weeks ago no (laughs) well maybe but like mostly mostly through my friendship with dave gonzalez so Mm -hmm. like um i think this idea of like uh radical approaches to tearing down corrupt uh people in power uh-huh. i'm much more in favor of it now than i was then you know i think i think then i would have seen that as just like uh murder bad but now i'm like yeah. mm-hmm. uh dave are it's, you it's more provocative. It's more provocative. dave is here let's just plus, make this very yeah. clear plus, plus we've oh, had no. like four years of trump and i'm like yeah it'll exactly do if, it'll do that to you if zaheer stormed mm-hmm. the white house yeah, Would I don't want to say. I don't want you to say anything that's going to play endlessly <laughs> yeah. loop somewhere else. You don't. You don't but have to it's go certainly. There. It's certainly going to be our next. Off. It's going to be the next hypothetical. Like, what would you do if you encountered baby Hitler or something? You know, it's like, mm. yeah. Oh, I think. Dave, what's your? Take? I think that's a good. 
I mean, I think that all all of those are good questions to have at the end of the season, mm-hmm. just in this story world, because the reality is is Korra sees the problem of the Earth Queen before Zaheer comes and takes, you know, care of it. Right. So ideally, in this world, you have a wise enough avatar to consider options like you know dethroning after doing her bidding something too, like, like that because cora does do the tax collection and you know regrets it immediately she regrets she, it she regrets yeah. it but also Again, she's being used she, by authority this has happened yeah. to her when she became a cop this keeps yep. happening to her if if either uh cora or zaheer did anything with the earth queen that wasn't ultimately to serve their their own goals uh, I would pick their side, but I think right now uh, they both failed. Here's just the one that got the results, <laughs> you know. Well, but uh, I, yeah, we'll we'll see because we'll see. I think going forward, mm-hmm. um, this season pre- presents you know Zaheer as a villain, and he definitely uh, is a little too uh, directly involved in killing people to make chaos. Uh, but maybe the answer to chaos isn't restrictive order. Maybe that's something we have to deal with uh, in the future. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, clearly characters in the universe think he's radical in a bad way, right? I think Tenzin Not in the California or, way? Not in the, <laughs> radical, dude! Not in the Michelangelo way, Calbunga. Um, Eat pizza. Uh, yeah, like Tenzin or Lin, I forget who, but someone calls him a lunatic. Yeah. Um, which is yeah. also a phrase we would not use today, probably, is a little ableist. Mm. But um, <laughs> he, they, they are painting him as a true, radical, out of touch. Uh, he's a nemesis. He's someone to be mm-hmm. taken down or locked up because what he's trying to do, he's trying to disrupt balance. And I think it's I think that's interesting. Like, is the point of Legend of Korra to really define what balance is in the world? Mm. Uh, and I'm curious about your take on that. And then also maybe like what we're supposed to think about an avatar in this world, even by the end of this season. Um, maybe it comes into clarity is next he, season, but this season obviously raises so many questions. Is he trying to disrupt balance or is he doing what he thinks will ultimately bring balance? Yeah. Well, I think people his, see him as disrupting balance, that they need to take Zaheer out in order to achieve right. balance. To bring things back to normal, except normal's not so good. Hmm. Right, like right. balance right. is yeah. like the Earth King. We spend a lot of time. We not only spend a lot of time examining the inequities of the Earth Kingdom, but like we put a really sympathetic face on the downtrodden uh, and that in the shape of Mako and Bolin's family. We like really, really like humanize that is the lower grandma. ring. And so um, <laughs> a royalist grandma, but still. Um, and so like yeah, Every grandma, come on, <laughs> is, is a royalist, sure. <laughs> yeah, but like, but yeah. So the the season really wants you to think about, like, if Zahir is against what's happening in the Earth Kingdom, how can you not be with Zahir? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because Cora is against it, but she doesn't do anything about it, does she? Not really. I think like Cora, Cora and Zahir are both on the side of change, and I think this season really rewards characters who are willing to change like to a certain extent everything we go through with the metal clan is about lynn being so strict to what like laws and consequences can be that she can't make the space in her head that toff eventually made to let suyin sort of like you know Basically, Toph covers up something, corrupt police, not that surprising to me, but in order to give <laughs> Su Yin the space to sort of like find herself. 
And Su Yin is open to change by like hiring pirates and ex-circus workers. And sometimes it doesn't work out for you. Like, uh, you know, when she's betrayed by the lie detector gentleman, <laughs> whose name I'm now forgetting. Um, it, it's not being open to change. It's um, still being a queen and keeping the rings and conscripting things, uh, not wanting... Uh, spirit wilds in your city like those sorts of things are not rewarded in this and then uh, i think zaheer's problem ultimately if we look at the season through that lens is his problem is like a a breaking down it's not a like a building up sort of change right. he's looking backwards to the way, the old ways to find a way to undo like the new change mm-hmm. where his core is looking forward by <laughs> trying to assemble are a you are you presenting hopefully. a conservative versus progressive argument dave because i feel like that's it that's it i mean i mean, pos- possibly it. i'm trying to keep it when instances we saw yeah. on this series but it's actually but i do it's it's not a i do like the idea of like, progressive uh well debate. it's it's about building down to get back to like breaking down to get back to the past versus building something new on top of all the progress you've made. And I feel like that to right, me but is a core Zaheer of a lot is of beyond these like a conservative perspective of just like let's go back to the status quo. It's about going all the way back. It's just destroying yeah, everything. It's all the way back. <laughs> and complete anarchy. Yeah, and yeah. Like but he's individual yeah. But he's using the tools of the old ways. Yes. He's the red lotus in opposition to the white lotus. And even he says a white lotus that doesn't exist anymore mm-hmm. because they've been defanged since the days of Iro and Boomy. <laughs> so uh, it's like he, uh, Zaheer knows what he wants and he studies it and he wields the power and he's patient, but in order to be that fixated on something for that long, it's negating any time change tries to mm-hmm. get your way into its mind, which in this case is not positive. He made a plan to end the avatar. He's been trying to do it his whole life. <laughs> He's resistant to change. He's resistant to the fact that Unalak failed. He's resistant to the fact the spirit portals are open now. I wonder if he got he's some sort of news by accident. while he was in jail, right? Did he get daily news <laughs> updates about everything happening? I mean, maybe. But he was on would, um, yeah. 4chan. Or yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> his Red mindset wouldn't allow him to change his mind. <laughs> Red pill bending. That's like... Mm-hmm. That's, I think, the thing that makes him a villain, ultimately, yeah. is his mindset wouldn't allow him to hear another argument, even if he did get the news in jail, well, because yeah. he's so set that I he th- knows the way to do yeah. it, and yes. that yeah. he can't change and evolve with the times. Also, what's what's true in the conclusion here, which is a little... Um, <laughs> Uh, Tidy, uh, un unoriginal, uh, is that like Zahir ascends to this new level of airbending because uh, Pali dies and he he like uh, unhooks himself from his earthly attachment of his <laughs> girlfriend, right? Um, and then what saves Cora, of course, is friendship, right? Because the Air Nation has her back, and so it's like if you've got earthly attachments, friends, family, good <laughs> Zahir. <laughs> The real bachelor, bending was love. Bad. Bachelor, <laughs> bachelor, monk, widow, uh, very nerdy. <laughs> bad. I, I, I also wonder about his because uh, he he is just like hopping into the spirit world too, which is that seems like seems like a thing that requires some training. I almost wonder like I was waiting for the backstory of like oh he always had this connection even before the airbending and like he was just going around going to the to the spirit world library and everything, but he couldn't actually you know use that power in any way he just had knowledge i i i feel like zahir was meditating into the spirit world yeah yeah what else yeah i mean i i 
I think what I like about Zaheer is that I infer that Devendra. Like mm-hmm. I, I know yeah. that he uh, like went to college and and read a lot. And uh, <laughs> did he? No, no, and no, then, no, no. And then Zaheer is the guy. Zaheer is the guy that walked out of yeah traditional school, mm-hmm. uh, took a gap year that ended up being his entire twenties. You know, and <laughs> no, no, no. He completed two years of college again. and then went abroad and then kept going abroad. And then he was like, <laughs> okay, wow, you're really his on the, the road was world. the writings of Guru Lahima, basically. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and then he became Jack from Twitter, and he's like yes. doing sweat <laughs> meditation somewhere. Um, yeah, that one I keep thinking about, like Zahir, he never tries to have a conversation, even like kidnapping Cora. Like, why oh, is he, has, he going? He has a straight up conversation with her in the spirit world. No, it's he, also but, a trap, but yeah. But he never but presents he's... her with the possibility of working together. Like sure, when she's sure. younger, that's not an. She has, he has to kidnap her to get his job done. He does. I, I'm thinking about. Yes, on some level, you could see Cora is trying to maintain the status quo, but mm-hmm. I see her as this kind of like advanced S tier politician type that we're starting <laughs> to see emerge right now. Who's like uh, the, the system, she's the AOC of the world? I think it, I think this I think this shows about AOC. Let oh me, man, why are we? Here's the case. Keep doing this. Okay, you this just like can of worms. Real, yeah. you really lost it. Really, really. Yeah. I like how Patches what? was like. She's Joanna's going to say yeah. something that gets repeated ad nauseum. She's working within a system. She knows that the system can actually work if you bend it uh, to. I'm sure she's seen Legend to Court. your will. I mean, I let mean, me just say this, yeah, and system work with bending? with people and <laughs> and advance through a system. I think Zahir thinks he needs to destroy everything and break everything and tear it all down. Obviously, but Core is is kind of advanced in that she knows mm-hmm. that the system is broken, but she also sees value in it. She also sees the potential for it to be rebuilt without it crumbling. I don't know. That's kind of uh, it's really of the moment. So long, I mean, long. the plot yeah. is able to keep her very focused on refocusing the Air Nation, which is exactly what you're talking about. I'm not sure she's emotionally mature enough as you describe her right now no. at the end of book three, because I still think uh, they have to sideline her in the desert for a little while because Korra's solution is to just punch everything. Mm-hmm. And one thing I love about this which season, comes quite animated handy. entirely by Studio Mir, mm-hmm. is how often Cora just gets to punch something. So pretty. Uh, so with like better reason think... than in the past, like it feels sure. warranted when she is fighting yeah. for her life. My, my favorite, oh, two, two things that I love. Number one, uh, I forgot that this happened when Zaheer is talking to her in the spirit world and then you cut to him in the real world and he's like, Avatars of the Mr. Palm's Oasis. I'm like, oh, this guy's the best. That's some next level uh, spirit world. <laughs> so yeah. Come on. So good. Um, he's keeping his connection alive and in the real world. Mm. <laughs> but when I was thinking about when we were planning to revisit the series and I was like, oh, I can't wait to watch Korra again. I think the fight scenes are so like just next level combination of power versus power. Mm-hmm. The thing that I thought of, and I still think I think it's the best fight uh, in the whole series. Well... Uh, it's a book for four stuff, but mm-hmm. uh, in terms of com- combining a lot of different styles, is the attempted uh, kidnapping of Korra from uh, Suyin City, and like mm-hmm. everyone defending her. The metal benders are there. Mako and Bolin are doing their thing. The Red Lotus have all of their stuff. There's some lava bending happening. Anyone who directs an like, X Men movie ever again must oh, watch that sequence as a, so as a prerequisite. Good. You are not allowed to make an X Men movie without watching that. Sequence. <laughs> hey, I can make an X Men movie. All right, there you go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I think the also the two part finale. Well, I mean, mm-hmm. they aired on TV as two separate episodes. They debuted online as one episode, so we did them as one, and I still think they're best viewed as one yeah. because that 
whole the escalation of everybody literally fighting for the conclusion and the score and everything peaks in such a fantastic way that I like I think Janora's plotline is kind of weak this season, but when she unveils her tattoos, <laughs> I have been suckered into the bending. entire book. Yeah, yeah. Most of her it's all bending. Pretty, pretty uh, also, shout but... out to the Kaya fights; uh, those are pretty great too. It's like pretty good. I want. I kind of wanted more from Kaya as a personality. She still strikes me as like your cool hippie aunt. Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. but I in like a way, that. but well, I feel like yeah. I like Kaya a lot because I feel like she's she was trained as a healer. She's a mm-hmm, healer. She's mm-hmm. on a fighter, and so like yeah. when you see her fighting, like she's not as good as like Katara was at the height of her like waterbedding skills, but she's still like she's yeah. still she's great for a healer. I will say, she's good for and, a like, she actually has she, some like, amazing moves. I mean, yeah. when she is fighting. Mm-hmm. Um, is it Minghua who has the the water for arms? Yeah, water for mm-hmm. arms. She like catches the arm and ices it and then breaks it off before it can <laughs> yeah. slap her. Such, I just thought that movie was stuff. amazing. We we haven't talked enough, I think, about the villain powers and just how not only are the jails creative, but the villains. Like, uh, this season is so good. This season is so good. I watched it all in basically <laughs> two episodes. It could have been in two days. It could have been one day if I had enough free time because it just all you know, sticks together so yeah. well. But so cre- it builds on this world in so many ways. We We get the... We get the airbending flying that I feel like we've always kind of been leading towards. Um, we get so many things. I like when things go full anime. This one went full Dragon Ball Z by yeah. the end. Yeah. Yeah. The ending of the I, season it kind of felt... feels like an IMAX movie. I don't know how yeah. they create this feeling. I think it has to do with just the, the amount of space you give the characters as they're flying. It's a lot like, of wide framing, too. Yeah. 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 It's unexpected. There's a, a real great feeling of like we've been playing this uh, tabletop campaign yep. for enough sessions that everybody knows what character to max out the power levels. And that's like all the villains here. <laughs> it's like, all right, so she doesn't have any arms, but, but. hold on a second. <laughs> She's a waterbender. Oh, you thought earthbending was cool. Have you met lava bending? <laughs> have you met lava bending? And then like, remember that sparky, sparky, boom, boom lady? Well, she's back. <laughs> Well, I guess it was a guy, but yeah. he's yeah. back. He's back, um, and then uh, it's all worth it. And then all I, I the think... and then all the like the metal uh, an entire metal bending society. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's just like yeah, right. it's incredible. So good. Who who closes up their houses like lotuses, like metal mm-hmm. lotuses at the end? Uh, I have been consistently disappointed by Mako throughout the season. Uh, not just because he's kind of a he's kind of a bore as a character, but also, dude, you you got lightning powers. You don't use the lightning powers till the very end for no discernible reason. Like they're out there getting their butt whoop, their butts whooped. Go full he, Palpatine, Mako. Yeah, Come on. yeah, let's do it. The, the dead speak. <laughs> Combine the water. I do and the like earlier. Do it. Yeah, I do like his Mingwa fight where he finally uses it yes, though. Yes, because like, it oh, also yes. it it also involves the moment where he's like, "You don't have any water," and she just jumps down yes. a hole and he jumps down after so, her into it. a pool of water. Yeah. And then she like makes like a tentacle monster behind him. It is so also a like fight. a tabletop campaign where he's like, "Oh, I put one point in lightning bending. Let's use that." Yeah, <laughs> now's the time. Uh. <laughs> um, what about Cora this season? Like, what? What? I mean, like, it ends obviously incredibly. Mm-hmm. It's so strong at the end because like there's this beautiful triumphant, the score swelling moment for Janora and the Air family, and then Cora is there, but just broken mm-hmm. heavy stuff for a kid's show yeah Seriously. what a way yeah. for something to end but like what about Cora? like uh, leading up to that like 
is it are we spent are we supposed to see Korra like yeah, grappling with some political questions, but in full position for powers, like that she can pick up metal bending so easily and like stuff like that. Like, are, is that what we're like, we build that up to the devastation at the end or or what are we doing here? I feel like I she feel is, like, she is oh, getting, she's getting the, like, she is getting her bearings, right? She feels like I can do this. I know how to do this. I know how to do the job. I've saved the world twice, basically. Save the world once, save Republic City once. And, uh, she knows her role, but it's sort of like that humbling that comes when you think you're on top of the world, right? And you think you you know your purpose and you know everything. And then like, you know, it's very much the Kiki's delivery service, uh, you know, thing where it's like, what is my purpose? Why right. why am I doing any of this? And I, I like seeing her kind of confront a lot of that. I watched Kiki's delivery service for the first time last night, Devendra. It's a I've perfect movie. It. Perfect. I've like, seen it. <laughs> I love I've seen it like, like 50 times over the past few months. Just because my baby, but yeah. I love that it's like kind of just like what mean popular girls made Kiki yep. lose her power. And I'm like, that's relatable. I get it. That's relatable. It. <laughs> it's <Kiki>. everybody's 20s. <laughs> yeah. uh, I like how much Cora is enabled this season mm-hmm. uh, because I think either between people telling her that she doesn't know something or um, this sort of like hanging over her head that she's the avatar. Uh, since now after spirits, she's the first of a new line. There's no back connection. She has to like make these rules as she goes along. And I really like how this season doesn't side us in a plot where someone tells Cora she can't do something and she either freaks out about right. it for two episodes or has to heal through flashback. Uh, I think that really benefits this. It might mean that her arc isn't super obvious in terms of like doubting herself and stuff. Uh, but it, uh, um, that felt dark nighty to me too. Like mm-hmm. it's a Batman movie, but it's a Cora show, but it's not necessarily Cora's big arc this season. I think it helps with the audience too, because honestly in book three, I, everything that's going on around it, you're like, just listen to Cora. And then like something will happen. We'll win. Lynn's like, you can't go anywhere. And Suyin's like, I agree. Go <laughs> ahead. Take, take my Jeep. <laughs> and you're like, good. Yeah. You're listening to the avatar. That's what people should be doing. I mean, we get mad at Raiko. We get mad at the earth queen. We get mad at Lynn. We get mad at people who don't listen to the avatar. So why not just reduce that I'm mad. to the smallest amount? I'm a little mad at Suyin though. Like, uh, undermining her sister. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I remember that my number one theory, and it was so embarrassing, <laughs> that was that like Suyin was evil. Oh, and watching it again, I'm like, the, the clues were all there, Mister Policeman. Like that photo, <laughs> that photo of her, like when she was young in the circus. I'm like, Zahir has to be in that photo. Like this, that's of course that's right. what we're building to. And they're Although, like, do you think I that they're planting like... that stuff as red herrings? Like the whole backstory as her. It, it does kind of lead into. I'm sure. <laughs> It leads into season four and the villain we'll be talking about there, but th- there's certainly reason she was introduced in the finale too, where it's like, she is a product of Suyin's world, you yeah. know, in, in a direct way. Yeah. Her, her uh, appearance, just to be mm-hmm. vague still is mm-hmm. hilarious. I know. <laughs> Hello, Captain. Oh, Hello, actually hi. call me by my full name and remember. You want, you want to know it. But yeah, also really delighted that, uh, Varric is back. Like Varric could have been a one season mm-hmm. character, and the fact that he's just like there, <laughs> still an ex-con, just he's out just there. Like, yep. he's like there, just you know, inventing stuff for profit. It's great. I uh, love to. It's see all it. good. <laughs> inventing, inventing season four for profit. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I do want to go back to Cora and just explore some of these moments that I think. And again, my Dark Knight comparison. Everyone concentrated so much on the Joker. <laughs> 
when uh-huh. that movie came out that I feel like people miss talking about Batman and Bruce Wayne in an interesting way. Yeah. And I think a lot of interesting things happen to Cora. Do you remember season. the end speech of the Dark Knight? Yeah. Because that's all people get. about like, the Joker. That's, yeah. that's all people talk about. I don't know. It's it's That's trite. all that's it's in the trite. Dark Knight. I, mean, I, don't, I don't think yes, we've talked yes. about the Dark Knight enough in this world, <laughs> in the right. pop culture canon. Okay, Matt. a whole podcast yeah. dedicated to no, no, um, no, Nolan? Is that how you pronounce <laughs> <Nolan>. that? <laughs> Nolan? I, I was particularly struck by like the the very I think this is the first episode when she has opened the portals and the president tells her to like get out. Like, yeah, yeah. What are you doing to us? And yeah, that confusion about when you have so much power or when you could snap back and and she doesn't. She actually has mm-hmm. learned lessons and I feel like she doesn't get credit for that in in the yeah. long term. Like she no, will make mistakes. She will accidentally uh, bend a guy into the controls of the airship <laughs> and crash into the desert. And that was a big mistake that she made. I but really not like, like firing back all the time. I don't know. I feel like this show is all about uh, teaching yeah. people in 2020 not to tweet. That's my uh, okay. take. <laughs> okay. I really, wow. I really like that episode, and it's so funny because Dave, Dave, and I were talking before we started recording. He's like, "Ugh, that desert episode." I was like, "The Flight of the Phoenix episode." He's like, "Yeah, that one sucks," and also this one sucks. And I was like, "No, I like that episode." We get like really confident in Asami. Um, yeah, I don't, yeah. The Asami Cora stuff this season is so good because it's not wrapped up in the stupid Mako love triangle. In fact, like Mako's just like the only one having an issue with it at the beginning of the season, and he <laughs> pretty quickly let's go of it and then it's just like Cora and Asami being pals just good pals very just good pals, pals, pals going on adventures <laughs> saving the world together there's so much I will say I loved a lot of the stuff in the Republic City at the beginning where people are just mad at her about the spirit vines and everything even though it's like hey, I save the world <laughs> what will it take was... for you people to be happy I was a kaiju two weeks ago <laughs> I mean, if that if the spirit finds demolished my building, I might be like kind of bummed about it. Yeah, you know? yeah. No, definitely. It's a real. It's like an issue. It's a real it's a issue. Problem. It's a it's certainly housing, an issue. Housing issue. Um, certainly an issue. Yeah, uh, and then um, you know, good old Bolin just being the best always. Uh, I like that he's moving. Bolin he's a mover does star. have a very good season. He's being recognized. Losing at Pie Show. Uh, meeting Opal. Uh, learning. <laughs> how to he learns how to love a bend this season right yeah yes it's a great climactic oh, moment so good uh yeah <sighs> so you know there's a lot of jabs at fandom in this oh. season now that you bring up <laughs> bolin and i'm thinking about his his uh admirers who see him in the earth kingdom and then there's a literal airbender named otaku in this <laughs> season and i'm not sure what do you think the what do you think the guys think about like fandom are, are these jabs are these like get over it i don't know if there's something in the in the fabric of the show itself i think you'd about, have like, to admiration by this point like after creating something as powerful as avatar right and then seeing how people reacted to the first season of Korra, it's like i w- i would be a little annoyed too you know we're yeah. making this for you i mean i don't think it's anything harsher here <laughs> that came in like avatar day yeah. or, or like foaming foaming at the mouth reaction guy <laughs> like i think that's always been part of the universe is the idea that maybe there are people who are just as into the idea of bending and the avatar as we are in our, in our real lives. <laughs> I don't know if they're digs as they're loving recognitions, uh, much like the, in season one, the pro bending they you had cosplayers as the fire ferrets and yeah. some of the, the crowd shots. I think it's, I think it's a loving, nod. it's engaging the community. Come on. 
Yeah. When else have I heard yeah. otaku on American television? I, 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 I cannot. It stuck admit. out this time. I, uh, I was like, oh, wow, they really just went there with that. Um, but we haven't talked about Kai yet. I was going to say. Did yeah. we talk about that scamp Kai? It's not a character that really ever works, uh, unfortunately. What is, why is Kai in this show? To give uh, Janora a little boyfriend. Mm-hmm. Um, she deserves a, a piece. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Wow. Because we've already spent two uh, seasons getting Mako and Bolin <laughs> captured, so they decide to throw in yeah. another, a Kai another thing street for a scamp bit. to get captured. Yeah, uh, that's right. Yeah, riffraff, street rat. Um, and then they, like... How many Aladdins are in the show? <laughs> Come on. And then to give Tenzin like something to worry about uh, in mm-hmm. terms of Janora on you know an obstacle on his road to acknowledging Janora and and her maturity and her power. Um, yeah stuff like that i guess it's symbolic too because he is technically the first airbender they kind of get onto the team and it's like is the idea of saving this lost soul that is the entire point of what they're doing i think that's symbolic in a way but the character is not great yeah i I do like that you know if we're talking about people have definitely read the show as like these heroes are conservative and they're trying to uphold the status quo and i i really don't (laughs) believe that uh and especially with the kai character it's like tenzin you're not trying to rebuild this idea of the airbender, the airbending nation um, that you that your father imagined or that he told you about having once existed. Like you're building something new here. And this kid who is a thief and is trying to get by, like he can be part of that. That's acceptable. Mm-hmm. And I found that scene where they eventually take him on board to to be pretty striking because Tenzin's like, no, this this guy sucks. Uh, we're not taking this kid. He's a criminal. <laughs> And it's like, dude, come on. Like, yeah, this is the new thing we're doing. You're, you're also, you have nobody. You need people <laughs> as part of your new yeah. nation. But by the end of the season, Tenzin's like, I've decided the air nation is now this. Mm-hmm. So he definitely yeah. gets beaten to the end of his arc. <laughs> He's accepting Gen Z into his life. <laughs> Tenzin uh, is TikTokers. on TikTok now. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he's, he's, uh, he's Cyclops in our new X-Men. <laughs> Um, I do want to shout out really quickly the like just the visual power. Well, the the room that this season has for the Lin and Suyin sisterhood relationship, and then the visual power of these two women who are you know have beautiful uh, like iron gray hair, like being complete freaking badasses. Yeah. Uh, you know, like Kaya too, like just sort of like these older women just like owning it um, is incredible and incredibly empowering to watch. So mm-hmm. um, I don't know it. if I thought this at the time, it. but I hope it's acceptable to say that Lin and Suyin are hot. I'm just going to throw it out. <laughs> they kick ass. I see. They yes. look beautiful. I'm nodding yes. vigorously. I don't want to be yes. weird, but... No, uh, you're 100% right. Hot characters. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I just love this season... Because the, the, the flow of the, the main story with Zaheer and Korra chasing each other and all over the map um, is really fun. But there's they found so many ways to go dip into like old school Avatar Last Airbender one-off episodes. Yeah, the the yeah. Lin Suyin backstory episode is really fulfilling and dramatic and not necessarily like super visual in a way that we're used to. The whole flashbacks, mm-hmm. her getting... Um, uh, like being at the chiropractor or whatever, or not the chiropractor, what do you call the... Uh, Acupuncture. Like, yeah. What a strange vehicle to get right, us and to bringing, these and, places. And bringing in uh, Jesse Flowers and Great Elise to do the... Did I say her name right? To do the uh, the mm-hmm. voices, uh, the Toph and Azula voices for Suyin and Lin. That's really fun. That's nice. Yeah. That's fun. 
it, it was, I, I don't think that like drama the forward. plot it works, but it's also so very it's generic in a way that feels almost like after school special. But I, it's still it's good because we love these characters, right? Well, it's just so real. It's just like yeah. I can't believe this story that's about like you know wild fantastical adventures, whatever, is like <laughs> sometimes you can like both sisters and they don't get along, and that's hard yeah, for yeah. them. And they're working on it. And then we see Toph do something that's like the last Jedi esque egregious uh-huh. for heroes that we exalt. Like one minute we saw her as a statue; she is effing. <laughs> original trilogy Star Wars character, infallible, <laughs> perfect hero. And then flashback, she like brushes a crime under right. the rug. Well, but she this was, she was my always, Toph. She's a pragmatic. Ryan Johnson. She was always a pragmatic, you know, uh, she's a pragmatic character. Like th- this is the way to solve this problem. Is she never, Toph even as a kid never struck me as like, I believe in good and justice all the time. It's more like, I gotta do what gotta be done. So this is Toph being Toph and I still love become it. a cop. I'm going to toss this lightsaber over a cliff. I'm going to guzzle this green milk. Um, Mm. I'm going to use men for their seed and raise children (laughs) without them. Love this for her. (laughs) (laughs) I like that. I still like that they just talk that over. They're like, yeah, so we're two, two, uh, same mother, different fathers. Mom went off to find herself. And then it's like, we're not going to worry about that. It's fine. That's all you need to know. It's sister time now. But yeah, no, I I I think I I like how they uh complicate Toph much like they complicated Aang last season through his children's eyes. But just the whole idea that, you know, even with the best intentions at the end of Avatar the Last Hairbender, they like our current generation are just kind of doing the best they can with their own little personal foibles. <laughs> Only Katara so, is a good parent. That's it. <laughs> Only Katara is a good parent. <laughs> The only one left. As far as we know. I guess, yeah. Well, I uh, But yeah, it's... Uh, I, I, I really I really think this season might be the best looking one, unless I'm forgetting something about next season. I mean, season. next season looks pretty damn good, and mm-hmm. there's a lot of I know. cool set pieces, but... Mm-hmm. Um, well, I know I, I, I'm looking forward to some stuff that I know is coming up, but this uh, season in terms of... takes you everywhere. Like if you felt yeah, this constrained season using... by Republic City in season one, suddenly we're I feel like we've stretched across the entire <laughs> continent should in we, season three. Should we talk about the return of Zuko? Yeah, we didn't really we talk could. about him and his big dragon. He's there. The kick ass dragon. dragon. He's his like daughter, a kick ass dragon. His daughter is the Fire Lord. Uh, th- that's cool that he's like that's cool that Zuko didn't need to be Fire Lord till he died and then he made his like daughter the Fire Lord that's great yeah um, it's and, hard and uh, and then he gets like so emotional when he finds out that Korra met Iroh in the spirit world that's I love cute. it mm-hmm. love it but I also love just seeing like the dragon parked out in front of the city like so just like good. the little bits of comedy he's like oh not just like a not like a little not like an appa like a full-on, yeah. you know, mythical dragon. And it's amazing. Um, sorry, I watched three and four at the same time, so I don't want to, like, same. mix them yeah. up. But, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, like, Bolin does have a fan moment about Zuko, right? Like, that's... Uh, I know that he has a fan moment later, but, like, I yeah, think yeah, he yeah. has they, a, they both, like, introduce themselves to I, him. Like, uh, yeah. I it's think an honor he, to meet you. I think he yeah. has a, a, a Zuko fan moment, and I love that about, mm-hmm. for Bolin, about Bolin. <laughs> I love it for both of them, mm-hmm. yeah. Do you think? I mean, Mako's like, you look so familiar to me. Hmm. <laughs> I feel a kinship with you. How do you think? And maybe to wrap up our conversation on book three, I we we talk a lot about how 
this show challenges Avatar The Last Airbender, subverts it, extends it. But I, I wonder how you think it pays service to the kind of essence of Avatar The Last Airbender. It's not a fan servicey show necessarily mm-hmm. i don't i don't think bringing zuko back ever felt like no. hey you heard me i wanted zuko no, back justified. and you got him um, yeah it's just yeah. but it's... but i wonder how how it does service in quotes fans or at least well i think it's it i think it's sparing like they use zuko very sparingly. you know zuko's like i have a genuine reason that i gotta go so it's this is not going to be the zuko show and like uh you know similarly for ang's appearances Ira's appearances, uh, whoever we might meet in book four, I think it's used like sparingly enough that it doesn't detract from the next generation in a way that I think sometimes, like if you think about the sequel trilogy for Star Wars, over relied on um, the use of legacy characters in a way that didn't let us like fully, fully latch on to the new characters in a way we needed to. That would Mm -hmm. be my take. For sure. Like this whole season feels like, I mean, the, the entire series feels like what Ryan Johnson was doing with The Last Jedi. And I think everybody knows how much we love him. But <laughs> it, it is taking those concepts and pushing them and reinventing what you know about these characters and building out new themes. Like, that's that's the best thing you can do with a follow-up. Do you, do you disagree, Dave? I feel like you had disagree face on. No, no, no. I don't disagree at all. I think uh, that's definitely true, and I'm glad they're used sparingly. <laughs> I am also glad we got to see it, because I remember there's a Zuko statue in book one mm-hmm. for a long time we were just like there's a statue <laughs> there it is that's, that's what, what he, he looks, looks like, like. <laughs> <laughs> wow wow i wonder i wonder what that would be like if we ever got to see him but i also like the idea uh that he's been part of this uh secret you know group along with Korra's father like protecting her from a distance like if we ever needed zuko to show up earlier yeah. i bet zuko yeah. would have showed up yeah I like mean, when f- oh sorry go well, I guess like when the world was in danger, I, I kind of expected Zuko to pop up last season, but hey, whatever. That's like a where's Captain yes, Marvel where, been this yeah. whole yeah, season? Yes, I was just like, where's why is it Thor here? Shouldn't he be helping? Um, where is no, I was, I was just thinking. I think that both of these shows deal with time in really interesting ways in in cartoons and animated series and and all, and all shows like. Didn't Game of Thrones? Game of Thrones got a lot of shit for this at the end of the of the series, where it's like people are just jumping around the map really quickly, sure. and time yeah. seems to have no meaning. Like, what is the timeline <laughs> of this show? Um, whereas in Airbender, what is it? Is it how hundred years go by? Right, mm-hmm. he's trapped in ice, and time has moved forward, and time is always moving forward in in Korra uh, from the time jump between the the series and how much the world's advanced to like. Uh, Zaheer sitting in prison for that long and helping you feel the weight of that of time moving I feel like that is part of the essence of of Airbender for me really thinking about how time automatically creates change progression is real you can't stop it not to uh, that's not a political message it's objective truth Um, (laughs) but yeah it's it's fascinating how time has incorporated itself into kind of every facet of the show I want to shout out, I'm, I'm sure I did it when we originally uh, recorded about the season, but um, 
you know, before we wrap up, I want to shout out Henry Rollins uh, in mm. his voice yes. performance because, like, as well written as Zahir is, there are some sequences where he has to just like exposition or like whatever mm-hmm. it is. And Henry Rollins, who I've seen do like live one man shows before, yeah. is so electric and compelling uh, in the way that he just talks. Yeah. That, Isn't this like yeah. his thing too? He does like motivational speaking type mm. things. So it's like, yeah, you, know, you give that guy that power with. The the beliefs as a hear is like oh I believe you now sir this time you around sound, I was kind of so. like what if it had been Joe Rogan but um mm. <laughs> oh, how dare you fucking yikes <laughs> how dare you <laughs> um so end this podcast yeah bro. I like wow. just a terrible take <laughs> I don't think what Henry Rollins I wouldn't call it motivational because that sounds like Tony yeah, Robbins yeah. or whatever but yeah, yeah, he, do, yeah he does yeah. do like thoughtful philosophical yeah. political. Uh, you know, kind of performance. Uh, you know, he's a as, thinker as, as in a post, way, yeah, as a post music career, and so yeah, he's a perfect, perfect casting, just brilliant, <laughs> uh, casting of Zahir. Yeah, I mean, completely mesmerizing, and I definitely, in the years since this season, have used the word tethered and untethered quite a bit in my own life, and oh. I absolutely have. Um, You're way too tethered to this world, my patches. To untether from everything going on. Don't untether. You got a cute, a cute wife and kid. Don't untether. That's true. Yeah, don't untether. <laughs> don't don't do close encounters. I love my. But tethers. I also feel like those terms mean different things now after the movie Us. So yeah, that's my uh, go-to. Maybe I'll stop yeah. using it. Yeah. I do want to untether from my tether. Oh. Well, I mean, well, anything else? Book three, jumping to mind? Are there little moments that we should talk about? I feel like we I mean, the, on every the car. Thing. I love it when they join, they bump together the bad guys and the good guys. So the car ride where Mako and Bolin are, you know, are just like hanging out with the where bad Berlin, guys. Bolin's yeah. guessing Gazan's past yes, correctly. Yeah. Yep. And don't make friends with the bad guys. Don't make <laughs> friends with them, Bolin. This is your thing. I get it. It's all good. David. Yeah, I think this the season's amazing at quick world building. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, a lot of it's based on familial connections, luckily, uh, because, you know, Korra's father is part of the White Lotus, and <laughs> Unalak was apparently part of the villain's life and whatnot. But even the characters that we get introduced in the Metal Clan... Your grandfather is Palpatine. Inter- yeah. <laughs> ...are introduced very... Uh, efficiently and uh, the season gets a lot of that done it introduces a whole air nation i may not know all of their names but there are definitely (laughs) some characters that stick out uh, in terms of their reactions uh like what's his face who decided to shave his head and really appreciated uh that at the end of the episode nice little touch he was like oh this is why okay and for some reason the season gets along with dealing with more than season two in a fewer amount of episodes, but also not feeling like there's a lot of drag, which at season two had mm-hmm. tons of draggy moments. But like, also I, I like still don't know that much about Desna and Eska who cameo at the beginning of this season, but know like so much about the entire Sui and the entire metal clan. So <laughs> I think the writing really kicked up this season as well as the action choreography. Uh, Joanna, did you yeah. wish you had more of that metal bending sport that were mm. kind of briefly introduced? <laughs> well, I'm real. I, 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 I love the Bayfong twins. So <laughs> I'm, I'm here for the Bayfong twins. I'm here for, I think we called him like Skrillex Bayfong uh, when we recorded last yeah, time. Yeah, Skrillex Bayfong. Uh, never trust Skrillex Bayfong. <laughs> never. And we were right. He loves art <laughs> um yeah and then 
yeah, I don't know. I, I, I think you're right. I think this is just like such a much more successful version of introducing new characters. It just everything works this season. Uh, it's really great. I mean, shout out to Anne Hache as well. You know, why not? She's great. It's Suyin. So, oh, like, I forgot. It. I forgot know? that was Anne Hache. Yeah. yeah. And, and love to see Boomy get some powers. Good job, Boomy. You know? <laughs> yeah, you did it. Yeah, we didn't talk much about that airbender kind of one off episode with Tenzin training and trying to figure out how to whip people into shape but i mean we threw shade at that episode by saying is the bison episode i feel like though tenzin is a bad teacher is something we already learned yep and we didn't necessarily need to pair it up with janora is a better teacher uh not that i don't like a good air muscle air bison side rustling gig but that was like one of the episodes this season that i felt this is his arc in the show because it's it's First, he's not a good teacher to an individual, the the avatar, the person that he has compared himself to in some ways. His father was that. He's dealing with this kind of very individual personal anxiety and not being the avatar and trying to force her to be perfect, like his perfect, quote unquote, dad. Now he's trying to be a teacher to a whole nation, and it's not... That has its own pitfalls. You have to understand the youth. You have to listen to people. I feel like Tenzin... I mean, I want to watch the show again in 10 years when I'm even older and be like, this is getting more and more real for well, me. Well, he makes the same mistake as Ahir does, which is thinking the answer to the future lies by reverting to the past, which it doesn't if this season is their indication for that. And he has to be dissuaded from that. Listen to the women. Listen to Janora. You know what I mean, man? Yeah, listen, listen to, to the Janora. Progress into the future. <laughs> I wish this had any parallels. Let your 13-year-old get tattoos, as many tattoos, yeah, wherever they shave want. Shave her head and get a tattoo. Um, can I just... That's, that's what I... That's I got. I kind of got on edge about that. I'm like, oh, those are permanent. Can I just shout out... <laughs> She's she's an airbending master. I know. They're supposed to be permanent. Um, Can I just shout out uh, a a disturbing fact I just discovered? Do you guys remember who voices adult Sokka in the like in book one? No. It's Chris Hardwick. Whoa. Anyway. Interesting. I'd rather not. Yep. Preferred not to. <laughs> a lot of better voice actors in this in this crew. I'd prefer not to. <laughs> Kieran Shipka. Kieran Shipka better on Avatar than the Sabrina show. Oh. I'm just gonna throw it out there. Yeah, it goes. Yes. Maybe it, it has goes, to do with the writing. It goes Mad Men number one. <laughs> sure, for sure. Cora number two. Sabrina number three. Flower that flowers in the attic she did number four. Um <laughs> they're not all winners of Kieran Shipka. It's true. Oh, that's unfortunate. Uh, well, I guess that's we're wrapping up here on on book three. We're closing book three, you could say, um, and and moving yep, on. No more change. We're done with change. Change right? is over. We're moving on. What is what is book four called? Is book four balance? Is book four no? It is balance. balance. We've been talking a lot about balance. balance not giant key. smashy robots. <laughs> it's not called smashy robots. Book four. Actually, man. I don't know if anyone read this interview that I did with uh, Brian and Mike. I did. But I did ask them about well. We'll talk about it next week. I don't want to. I don't want to spoil anything about book four, but there's a big robot, um, and it smashes things. But it's also a very thoughtful show. That's it's a it's a miracle. It's a downright miracle. Um, anyway, that's that's it for book three, and we'll be back again to talk about book four soon. In the meantime, why don't we tell people where they can find us on the internet? Devendra, how about you? You can find me on Twitter at, at Devendra. I write about tech at Engadget.com. Check me out on the Engadget podcast, talking tech there. And a podcast about movies and TV at the Slash Filmcast at SlashFilm.com. 
Joanna? Uh, you can find me on VanityFair.com. You can follow me on Twitter at Joe Wrote This. I do a podcast with Dave Gonzalez called The Storm, a lost rewatch <laughs> podcast. We're re- rewatching the ABC. What is this voice? What's happening here? The Storm. It's my, it's my, actually, it's my Jimmy Fallon um, morning DJ. It, it does sound like, get yeah, back sounds, in oh, box. Man. <laughs> uh, the worst Jimmy Fallon voice. Uh, yeah. no, I Maybe that it. should have been Zaheer. <laughs> hey, Whoa. I'm untethered. Free yourselves. <laughs> Down with the walls and the kingdoms. <laughs> um yeah so you can find me on the storm lost rewash podcast <laughs> dave uh i'm dave gonzalez uh you can follow me on twitter at da 70 you can hear me on the storm a lost rewatch podcast and uh fighting in the war room a podcast you can also hear matt patches on because we be podcasting and I'm Matt Patches. I'm an editor over at Polygon.com. And yeah, we've been covering Cora. We still do. We're, we're all in on Cora. I don't, you can probably imagine why. Um, <laughs> and uh, yes, Dave and I podcast at Fighting in the War Room uh, each week about everything. Uh, and, and that's about it. So until next week, or until whenever we put this next podcast up, I shouldn't be so specific. Yeah. Farewell. <laughs>